when Matthew Stafford was playing quarterback for the Bulldogs. And again, Bama beat Georgia in the SEC championship game back in early December, and Bryce Young threw for 420 yards and three touchdowns. Bama had nearly 540 yards of total offense. Jamison Williams had a great day, 185 yards in receiving and two TDs. And in this game, you not only have a Bama team that is confident that it can beat Georgia, and remember that the Bama players were talking about, man, man, we're being disrespected, man. We're still Alabama. And they took that personally and went out and took it to Georgia there in uh, Atlanta in the SEC championship game. Um, Kirby Smart's a heck of a football coach, no doubt. You know, paid his dues under Nick Saban. But Nick Saban is the best coach in college football. He's the best coach right now. You've got to say, you know, a strong argument, best coach in college football history. And this is at a place where Bear Bryant won a ton of national championships. But you have the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. You have the best, uh, you know, offensive player in college football in Bryce Young, who just won the Heisman. And you have the best defensive player, I think, in college football in Will Anderson. And you might have the best receiver in college football in Jamison Williams, yet you're a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I think, again, Bama's going to take this personally. I think Bama wins the game tonight. I hope we have a good game. I'll be rooting for Georgia. But I think Alabama's going to get it done. Tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Yeah, that uh, that Davis kid for Georgia, that D-tackle. He's good. It, it, yeah. He, he, yeah. He's incredible, too. So yeah. He's the one guy that would probably be in the conversation as far as best defensive player in the nation. Yeah, I, I like uh, Anderson the best. But, yeah, Georgia is pretty stout on defense. And Bama wasn't able to really run the football on him. It was all uh, Bama really in the passing game. And they've got to get after Bryce Young. There's no doubt about that. They've got to protect Stetson Bennett on the other side of the football tonight Georgia does roll him out make sure maybe run the football right at, at Will Anderson kind of like they did uh, against Hutchinson in the uh, Michigan matchup so look it, would it surprise me if Georgia won eh, a little bit not a ton but I still think until I see it's one of those situations it's kind of like Oklahoma Oklahoma State until I see Georgia beat Alabama I've got to go with Bama uh, so we shall see um you know, and you think about the Cincinnati matchup, and who would have thought in those semifinals that Cincinnati would play Bama closer than Michigan played the Bulldogs in that Miami matchup? But it was a lot of Robinson running the football. You know, they, they got after Bryce Young quite a bit. And keep in mind that Cincinnati has two NFL corners on that roster that made it pretty difficult. But um, – We'll see. I, I think that Bama's going to have to throw the football, and I like Bryce Young's chances. I know that Mechie's still out, not going to play, but let's just hope for a good game tonight. I want to see a game go down to the wire. And again, the last time these two teams met in the national championship game, you couldn't have asked for anything better. When Jalen Hurts got benched and Nick Saban had the cojones to go with Tua Tungabailoa, and that's where the legend of Tua began, and that's where eventually – you know, uh, a decision that would lead Jalen Hurts uh, to play for Muleshoe at Oklahoma. but And Devontae Smith makes the catch in that game, in that overtime classic between Bama and Georgia. Do you get into any of the other broadcasts, or do you just go with a straight broadcast? They have all the, you know, the Homer crews. Like yeah. yeah, the Homer crews. Yeah. Uh, they have the coaches. Mike Gundy's been on there a couple times. Uh, they have all these different angles to the game. But you know me, I, I guess I'm old. I just go with the straight broadcast. Yeah, I usually go with the straight broadcast. Uh, the only times that I've done it in the past 
Um, obviously, I'm part of the radio crew now, but in the past, when OU has been in these playoff games, is listening to Toby's call uh, when it comes to the OU broadcast. Aside from that, like I just can't really get into like the Homer broadcasts that they do and uh, the radio. Like Eli Gold, I think is fantastic He's as good. far as a play-by-play guy for Bama, but I, I listening to him for all four quarters of that game. Uh, while it might be entertaining, especially if Bama's losing, I just can't get into it now. Well, let's hope for a good game tonight. It's kind of like uh, my wife will not watch. She'll watch the uh, the Sooners, and she'll watch the Cleveland Browns, and that's pretty much it. And she may sit out during a game and be watching one of her TV shows on her iPad or something if I have the volume down on the TV down in the living room. But, for instance, in the in the Monday night game when the Browns were playing the uh, Steelers, what we thought was going to be Big Ben's uh, next to last game, and now we know that Ben Roethlisberger isn't in the playoffs, the Steelers going to Kansas City after what happened over the weekend. Uh, you know, Shay wanted to watch the Monday night football game, and I put it on the Manning cast. She's like, what's this? Did not like it. Just go back to the regular broadcast. You know, now, the Manning cast. I thoroughly, thoroughly I like it. it. I like it, yeah. and uh, it, it's it was a great idea by ESPN. Yeah. There's no doubt, yeah. and uh, to be able to get those guests on. But um, you know, I, I thought it was tremendous. I thought now, it was really good. With Shea and the Browns, is that something that is a creation of Baker? Baker. Oh, it's a okay. Baker thing. Okay. So, Definitely So what's going to happen thing. if uh, Baker's gone this time? I don't know, but Ian Rappaport reported over the weekend that the Browns are bringing Baker back, right? Now, I don't know how much validity there is to that, and things can change, but Ian Rappaport usually has pretty good sources, There's and a- he said that he and uh, Baker and Stefanski have talked things out yep. and that it looks like Baker's coming back to play it out next year. There's a pretty good rule of thumb in the NFL when it comes to inside. Until Jay Glazer reports it, I'm a little bit skeptical. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the skepticism's there for me. I hope for Baker's sake that he's there. Yeah, obviously, uh, continuity for a quarterback is extremely important, and Baker has not had that, especially at the head coaching position, at the offensive coordinator position. So. Uh, if he can stick with the Browns, the fans he's still there. I think that's probably the best case scenario for him. Yeah, and you, you think about it. I mean, Baker had to play under Freddie freaking Kitchens. I mean, one of the biggest clown shows in the history of the NFL. So, uh, and look, Baker played bad football this year. And you can talk about injuries, and you can talk about Odell's dad and all the drops and all of that. But Baker Mayfield did not play good football. Do I think you would see a better Baker next year if he comes back healthy? Yes. But I don't know if he's the answer in Cleveland. It certainly doesn't look like it right now. And the bottom line is this. The Browns feel like they have a Super Bowl roster right now. So if, you know, Deshaun Watson gets all the legal stuff taken care of and, you know, the the call is made, hey, here's what we want for Deshaun Watson and Cleveland likes that deal, or maybe somebody like a Russell Wilson if he's not back in Seattle, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be with the Packers for the duration of his career. No matter what he says or what he does in the offseason, he needs to finish his career in Green Bay, and I think he will. But there are some better options out there. Personally, I, I would love to see Baker get another shot. Uh, and see what happens next year if he can have a fully uh, healthy season. Uh, maybe he would answer some of his critics, but uh, we'll see. We shall see. All right, thank you to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems, our sponsor here on the first hour. Steelman and Thune of the Ref Radio Network, home with Sooner fans. Parker is off until Wednesday. The Drake, Drake Dyken in with us. When we get back, the latest on Caleb Williams. What's happening there? We'll get into some discussion on that when we get back. Keep it here.
opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Okay, we are back. We're going to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here in a second, 405-651-3439. I hope you had a great weekend, and I am back in studio this week. Parker will be back with us on Wednesday. Drake Dykin sitting in uh, there at Mission Control and offering up some very, very solid sports opinions as well. Okay, what's going on with Caleb Williams? What I am hearing, and look, I, I don't have uh, Parker's sources or like Brandon Drum sources, but I do have some sources, including a couple uh, pretty big donors at OU who will go unmentioned, but uh, I, I get some DMs and I get a little feel on what's happening. From what I'm hearing, the the buzz is either SC or Ole Miss. Now, a lot of people and and uh, early in this process have said, no, 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 nope, SC, you know, why would Caleb Williams go there? Mule Shoe kind of burned him, promised him he was going to be at Oklahoma for the long haul, and then he left for L.A. Well, if you saw yesterday, now, the Williams family was vacationing over in Hawaii, but yesterday, where did we see Caleb Williams? At the Rams game. Last night, we saw him at the uh, Lakers uh, Memphis game. What a block by John Morant, by the way, uh, in that game. So there, there is a lure about L.A. Now, personally, I think it's a great place to visit and hang out for a while. I wouldn't want to live there. I don't, I don't do well in traffic. But uh, there is an allure there. There is no doubt about it. The other school that I'm hearing, again, is Ole Miss. And if you listen to Carl Williams, he keeps talking about this is about where my son can develop the most uh, to prepare himself for the NFL. Uh, you cannot, you know, overlook, though, that the, NF- the NIL is going to be a part of this. He may say that all he wants, but you can't tell me that the NIL isn't going to be a part of this process. When will we get that decision? I don't know. Hopefully by the end of the week, maybe as soon as Wednesday, who knows. But Caleb Williams was in L.A. Now, again, could he be talking to UCLA too? Who knows? We really don't know. But I know that uh, Colin Cowherd, who seems to have a a pretty thick relationship with Lincoln Riley going on and uh, out there in L.A., thinks that USC is the place to be for Caleb Williams. Here's what so this is going to come down for Caleb Williams to a decision. Do you chase money because the SEC will pay you more, or do you chase coaching? There is no head coach in the SEC that is the offensive quarterback development pedigree of Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley turned a two-time walk on Baker Mayfield into the number one pick. He's never been as good as he was under Lincoln. Jalen Hurts got benched in Alabama. He got him as a Heisman finalist. Lincoln Riley overnight has turned good backups, walk-ons, reclamation projects into Heisman finalists and number one picks. Kyler Murray's talented, but he was literally 50-50 baseball or football. Like, nobody in the SEC. The two best coaches in the SEC are Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, or Saban and Kirby Smart in that order, both defensive guys. At the Pac-12, Lincoln Riley, you'll be in the national spotlight every day because it's the biggest West Coast program. The Pac-12's easier. You won't get as beat up. There you go. That's Colin Cowherd. Now, again, I don't agree with uh, everything that Colin Cowherd says, but I do think that Cowherd, in my opinion, articulates his points better than anybody else in the business. I, I really believe that. 
Uh, but I don't know if he's right on this or not. I just don't know. I, I, it's all a guessing game, Drake. For anybody who says they have the real insight here, I, I don't think is being truthful. I, I think it's still a big guessing game. We, we're getting bits and pieces of information and trying to put those pieces into the jigsaw puzzle and get a clear picture. But I don't think everybody's going to get every piece. Well, you know? and every time you get a new piece, you think that, oh, well, this this piece will fit in here just right. nicely. And then it's it's one of those occasions when you're actually putting together a jigsaw puzzle. You're like, you actually get it there, and you're like, well, no, that doesn't make any yeah. sense at all. So right. I, I, USC has made sense to everybody or should have made sense to everybody right off the bat just because of Lincoln Riley. Everybody said initially that, Whenever Caleb came to OU was because of Lincoln Riley. And he entered the transfer portal after Lincoln Riley left OU. Like, there's there, there's a lot of coincidence there, and maybe that's all it is. But it just makes too much sense that he would end up at USC. It's a program that has – is a – top five to ten program in all of college football it just is it's one of the blue bloods in college yeah. football it's the oh, yeah. only west coast blue blood that well, there is. it's a sleeping giant drake you're right and uh you know i know y- y- those youngins out uh, again i'm an old man but they're kind of like usc what's a, usc has tradition big time tradition that is right there with oklahoma's tradition there is yeah. no day we've got a winning record against oklahoma uh, you know, they're, they're a blue blood that's been lying dormant for a while now. And I think Lincoln Riley's going to win games there. By the way, I had somebody text me over the weekend, no way that Lincoln uh, takes Caleb because his reputation at OU is already, uh, you know, uh, so bad. And I'm like, do you think Lincoln Riley cares about that? No. If he cared about that, he would have stayed in Oklahoma, right? That, that's the craziest, you know, notion I've thought of. He, he'll he take Caleb Williams in a heartbeat. All right, you want to get some texts in? Yeah, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Get ready, folks. Caleb and Mario to USC Muleshoe is becoming an even bigger villain. He's very evil. There is no doubt that man uh, needs an exorcism. Uh, no question about it. Uh, we just got a text. Matt Zenitz. I don't know uh, if he covers sc or who but he reports that a usc quarterback jackson dart leaving entered the transfer portal well there's another sign if that's accurate and uh maybe jackson dart will come try and compete for the oklahoma job because he's he's a talented kid but yes i you know i I just when i was hearing some of the talk about i don't think usc is going to be a factor i kept thinking that that can't be accurate it can't be accurate but we'll see What else are you getting? Uh, Multiple outlets reporting uh, on Jackson Dart. Obviously, that's pretty public domain uh, whenever a player Mm -hmm. enters a transfer portal. Uh, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN also reporting it. Um, Next on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, lots of reaction when it comes to Caleb Williams, uh, as you probably could have anticipated. What do you think about Riley playing Williams this year just to get him game ready for USC next year? Planned it all along, throwaway <laughs> year. He owns 
the university this year's salary. O's, uh, I think is what they meant there, but yeah. I don't know if I'll go that deep into this conspiracy theory there. That but, is very um, fo- uh, tinfoil hat. Right I, I do think this, that again, there were talks going on between Lincoln Riley's people and, uh, and LSU for a while. And I think USC was probably kind of the outside, uh, the outlying there, out you know, uh, making a making a push. And then I think their push became a lot more strong uh, at the end, obviously. But and this is the one thing we talked about this, Drake. Um, you know, Parker and I did. Caleb Williams has a really good reputation with Oklahoma fans, and he, look, he is not going to you know be totally disregarded and despised like. Muleshoe is. Uh, I don't think if he goes to SC, he will. Oh, be. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this is the one school that will. It, it won't ruin his reputation at Oklahoma, but and and I think younger fans will understand a lot better than the older fans do because the older fans are all you know. We used to play hurt, and man, you know, uh, you were loyal to your school, and I totally get that because I'm more of an old school fan than a than a newer fan. But this is the one school, if Caleb Williams goes there, there are going to be a lot of OU fans who are like, forget this kid, you know, you know. Uh, there are going to be negative tweets out there. And look, wherever he went, there were going to be negative tweets. So that's the yep. nature of social media. But this is the one place where Caleb Williams uh, could go and looks like he might be going to where Oklahoma fans will not remember him in the same light. Anyone that you lump in there with Mule Shoe right now whose reputation at Oklahoma is forever damaged, forever damaged. It'll never be a good reputation at OU, ever. OU fans take their football very seriously, and if you dump them for somebody else, and you can talk about, well, OU didn't match an extra million or whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. They're going to look at Lincoln Riley as a traitor for forever. You might forgive him, but they'll never forget. Ever. I mean, how many people are utter, uh, ordering the Bud Berry, Bob, Bitch, Brent yep. tumblers and all the, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the drinking, uh, you know, the coolers and all of that stuff? Uh, <laughs> I saw a couple people that got them this week. They were very happy about that. And that's Lincoln Riley's reputation, no doubt. And it's not going to be changing anytime soon, if ever. Whether you think that's fair or not, that's reality. All right, thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Good to have you with us, Timmy. A real sooner right there. Dependable, reliable. And they're staying the distance in the great state of Oklahoma at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Coming back, Cade McFarland. KJRH TV Sports Director in Tulsa will join us to talk about all this stuff and more next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, we're going uh, with the original Don Williams version there as we bring in Caden McFarland on the uh, law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, Sports Director KJRH, Channel 2 in Tulsa. Caden, how we doing? How was your holiday? Man, it was good. What a what a great way to go in with Don Williams and living on Tulsa time. My, my man, Big Al Jerkins, who loves some old school country, uh, he, would, he would love to hear that. No doubt. Honor, honor how, to be with you, Steel Man. How is Big Al doing, by the way? 
He's doing well, man. He's, uh, you know, he's doing the radio thing yeah. from Nashville. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. He, he gets to as many sporting events. Well, not as many as he used to, but as many as he possibly can. He's got hockey right there in his backyard. He's happy as a lark. It's, good guy. It's good. Good guy. No doubt about it. Big Al Jerkins. All right. Uh, so we just saw the Jackson Darts went into the uh, yeah. transfer portal. Uh it, does this mean, in your opinion, that we're just, uh, you know, the clock is ticking before we get the tweets, you know, that Caleb Williams is headed to Southern Cal? What do you think? I, I would think it's imminent. Um, you know, and here's the thing. It's no surprise, obviously. Uh, we've all seen what Caleb Williams can do. Um, Lincoln Riley gave him a shot midway through his freshman year, even with, you know, the preseason Heisman favorite uh, in front of him on the depth chart. So it makes sense that Caleb would – think that that'll work and be loyal to him and the NIL opportunities we hear about in LA and everything else. But man, Jackson darts a talent. I, you know, when, when Lincoln first left, I wasn't, you know, completely certain that Caleb was going to follow him and, and thought that that would probably fine, be fine for Lincoln either way, because, you know, watching dart as much as I did this year, you know, on a handful of occasions, he looks like you want him to look. And I mean, he's big, big, big arm talent. Um, you know, even more than Caleb in terms of arm talent. So I, I'll be fascinated to see where he lands. And, you know, is OU interested in this kid, somebody else in the Big 12? He is he is a big-time talent for sure. Yeah, and, of course, the Sooners have Dylan Gabriel coming in. They they offered uh, Chubba Purdy, Brock Purdy's uh, brother, younger brother, who is at right. Florida State. So we'll see what's going to happen there. Casey Thompson winds up at Nebraska. But you never know. I mean, uh, who knows? Uh, maybe Jackson Dart would come in and try and compete for the Oklahoma job. So uh, I'm, I haven't asked you yet. How did you uh, have you gotten over the Notre Dame collapse against the Cowboys? Because you're a big Notre <laughs> Dame guy. It, it was a collapse. Yeah, uh, first game as head coach for Marcus Freeman, and he only gives up uh, the biggest lead a Notre Dame team has given up since like '04. So, and I was there uh, firsthand. It was. Uh, you know, here's the thing. It, I, you know, some of the guys on that Oklahoma State team, especially some of the kids from here in the Tulsa area, they played so well. They absolutely deserved it. Over the course of 60 minutes, they were absolutely the better team, even though Notre Dame ran out to the nice lead. Um, yeah, yeah, I did not. I had friends and family checking on me after the game. And, yeah, I really, it was not like the downer that, that I would have thought. You know, I've now seen Notre Dame firsthand lose to all three of our teams here in the state of Oklahoma. The yeah, the people Cowboys, forget. Yeah, Tulsa. Even, yeah, biggest win in Tulsa history. The Golden Hurricane. Yeah, yeah Tulsa. So, uh, that's crazy. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not great luck. It would. It would be good. It would behoove Notre Dame to keep Oklahoma teams off the schedule in the future. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, speaking of Tulsa, what do you think of uh, Jackson Player? I, I don't think he's. I haven't yeah. seen anything today. I guess he's still uh, trying to make his decision, but Oklahoma, Oklahoma State were there. I think Arkansas was on the list as well. Yep. Uh, what kind of player is Jackson Player? What what could he bring to uh, you know either OU or OSU? Yeah, he told me this weekend that he'll make his decision known on Sunday. Uh, you know, I think a lot of schools are going back the day after Martin Luther King Jr. Day, so that gives him just a couple of days. Um, and uh, by the way, just looking at when schools start, I believe TCU starts earlier than that. So I don't know if you can scratch them off or if he'll actually be enrolled. I, I, I don't know for sure, but uh, he is a big, big time player. Um, I, Zayvon Collins is certainly the best that, that TU defense has had. Now, he's probably the best defensive player TU's ever had. But the thing that told me everything I need to know about Jackson player was when Zayvon Collins 
got hurt last year against Navy, and then he wasn't quite right for the Cincinnati game, and then he didn't even play in the bowl game, and you really didn't see the defense drop off very much. And Jackson was the biggest reason for that. He was the biggest reason for their success this season. He drew so many double teams, and even with that, still had 15 tackles for loss you know, at the defensive tackle position, which is a huge number. People just can't block him. He is just so naturally strong, low to the ground, so quick off the snap. Like, he, is a, he could play for anybody in the country. He was overlooked, obviously, coming out of high school because of the size. But you see, you know, the offer list he's got now. People understand, hey, that was a mistake. He would absolutely start, and I, I would say be a star at either OU or OSU. He could play in the SEC with Arkansas, no doubt in my mind. You know, and Baylor is winning with defense and just won the Sugar Bowl with defense, and they want him as well. So uh, he, he could play for any of those guys. I was surprised he didn't head off to the NFL and stuck around for a fifth year because I thought he was ready for that. I, I still think he's ready for that. Uh, I, I think he's going to do damage somewhere in his fifth season and it would be great if it was in Norman or Stillwater, uh, just because he is a big personality, fun guy, a lot of fun to cover. Um, and, you know, like I, I was at a practice last August. He got kind of a scoop and score touchdown and then tried to dunk it on the goalpost. He's only, I don't know, six feet tall, uh, you know, 300 pounds or whatever. And he didn't quite get there, had to like finish with a finger roll at the end. But he's just a big personality, fun kid. Um, I, I, he, he'd fit in well, I think, in Norman. You know, I, I just... I think Brent Venables would love him, know exactly what to do with him. Um, you know, we've seen some of those freak athletes and, and what he was able to do with those guys up front at Clemson. Jackson, Jackson's a bit of a freak that way. I mean, even though the dimensions aren't, aren't what you would think, just his, his, the, the quick twitch for, for a guy that size is really, really impressive. And he did it against some of the best teams. He was a headache for Ohio State. Uh, three years in a row, he was a headache for the Oklahoma State offense. Uh, he, he's going to be really good for somebody. Cade McFarland with us, KJRH uh, TV Channel 2 and Tulsa Sports Director. Uh, what are you thinking tonight? Uh, Bama, Georgia, national championship game, even though Bama has won seven in a row against the Bulldogs and beat them, you know, back in early December fairly handily in that SEC championship game. You've got Georgia as a two-and-a-half point favorite in this game tonight. What do you I think? I Goodness. I hate that for Georgia. I, I'm, I'm pulling hard for them. You can certainly make a case. They have, I, I read today over their last four meetings with Alabama, they have led the majority, you know, of the minutes played in those matchups. But how can you go, I, they've got Nick Saban, so they've got the better coach, nothing against Kirby Smart, but Alabama's got the better coach. They've got the better quarterback. And I, they've probably got the best player on the field, period, in Will Anderson. I, I just, I can't pick against Bama as much as I want to, as much as it feels like this is Georgia's time much as I think they probably do have the better overall team. I just I, I can't pick against the Heisman winner. I can't pick against Saban. So I'll say Alabama, but I'm going to be rooting hard against them for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people would like uh, to see Georgia win that game tonight. But uh, I'm with you when you talk about Nick Saban and the Heisman Trophy winner and what I think is also the best uh, defensive player in college football. And it's players who win games like that, make the plays to win those games. I mean, look at what Nick Saban did the last two times, uh, last time these two teams met in the championship game. You know, Jalen Hurts is struggling in the first half. He Let's Tua come into the game, and Tua wins it for him. And he threw a touchdown pass in overtime to Devontae Smith, who would eventually be a Heisman Trophy winner. So, 
Uh, Saban's not afraid to roll the dice a little bit, and that one came up great for him. All right, uh, before we let you go, you know, the golf season just got underway uh, in Hawaii over the weekend with Cameron Smith winning. But uh, this summer, man, Southern Hills, PGA, maybe we'll have Tiger walking around Southern Hills and uh, trying to win another big uh, major tournament at Southern Hills. Your lips to God's ears. I mean, it, can you imagine? It's, it's going to be such an incredibly huge event for all of us because it'll be the first, you know, since 07. And Southern Hills hadn't had a drought like that for quite a while. And U.S. Open kind of jerked them around for a bit. And it, it was big for them to get back in the mix and then be able to jump in and instead of have to wait till 2030, uh, jump in this year because of, you know, the event that was taken away from the Trump course. Um, but I, look, so it's going to be great. No matter what we are fired up for the PGA championship, but Tiger Woods, I, I watching him with Charlie in, in the PNC event, it just, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I could, I could not believe he was able to hit it the way he was. It was obvious that he was laboring. I mean, I, I would still bet that he's not quite ready for that. Um, now my understanding is Southern Hills is one of the tracks that would be, I want to say a little bit easier to get around, you know, that, like there aren't nearly as many elevators. It's not going to be near as tough to get around. I'm told as, as a gut that you would know much more about that than me. Uh, but you know, the fact that he's won here before I, if he can, no doubt he will. I just, I have no way of, of knowing uh, or feeling great about the, the chances that he would be able to give it a go. But man, if he does, I just, a career highlight for any and all of us, right? Uh, who get a chance to, to cover that or even just be around for it. So I look forward to seeing you in person, maybe for the first time. Hey, how maybe, about that? Maybe ever. How you about know, that? That would be fantastic. I'm old, to it. I'm old enough, Caden, that I saw Jack play there in, what was it, the oh, PGA wow. in like 82 when, uh, okay. when uh, who was it who won it? Raymond Floyd won it? Um, yes. So yeah, I remember seeing Jack uh, there. So and I've seen Tiger win there too. So I love Southern Hills, man. That's going to be awesome. And if we get Tiger, that's the icing on the cake. Caden, you're such a good guy. You're always gracious with your time. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Good talking to you, Mike. Caden McFarland, ladies and gentlemen, Sports Director, Channel Two in Tulsa. He is a heck of a guy. All right, we're going to break right here. Thanks to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour. Parker is off until Wednesday. We have the Drake, Drake Dyken with us today. And you will get to some more texts off the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Those are coming up. So text us, text us, text us. We will get as many in as we can. When we get back, how dumb am I? I would say super dumb. I did something this weekend that I did 20 years ago that was I thought was the ultimate stupid thing. And yesterday I may have topped it. Details coming up. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. All right, we are back. Parker is going to be back with us on uh, Wednesday. The Drake, Drake Dyken with us. Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. That is 405-651-3439. Back there in a second. All right, I got to tell you this stupid story because the timing of it. So I got to Rona last week, and we had planned this trip to Aishans, and I'd moved it back a couple times because of the uh, 
my wife wanted to go see her friend and uh, cool people. We have some friends in Cordell and we meet occasionally at Aishan's and we have, you know, the great uh, greasy, just messy nachos and the chicken. I, you know, you guys know about Aishan's. It's awesome. So I pushed back the date a couple times already uh, so I could get my sports viewing in. So we had said, okay, January 8th will work. January 8th will work. So I got my negative result, and because we were thinking, well, I may not be able to go. I don't know if this stuff's still going to be around. Got my negative result, uh, you know, early on Saturday, and we're able to go to Aishan. So we're having a great time at Aishan's and eating all the great food and just telling stories. And we were talking about stupid things we had done in our life. And believe me, I've had my fair share. I, I mean, I, I'm really not a smart man. So... Anyway, one thing that happened 20 years ago that people really always enjoy this story, this was maybe even longer than 20 years ago. I was living up in northwest Oklahoma City, and I was going back from somewhere, and I stopped at Arby's, and I went to the drive-thru. I remember my, my order. I was very hungry. Two beef and cheddar, some curly fries, and, of course, you, what do you buy a Diet Coke with that, of course, since you want to really watch those calories, you know. <laughs> so... I go to the drive-thru, I give them 10 bucks or whatever, and I go, I drive straight off without the food. Just, here's my money, and boom, I just drove off. I was in, you know, I was in the zone, I guess. I wasn't thinking. So, I had to, a mile down the road or so, I'm reaching over for a curly fry, like, where's the bag of, that? that what, that, there's no food. I just paid my money, but there's no food. I didn't even wait for the food, I just drove right off. Like it, like I was in a drag race or something, you know. So I had to do the drive back turnaround and say, you know, yeah, I'm the guy who left the two beef and cheddar sandwiches, you know, and everything. <laughs> so when I go back to the drive through, you know, they've got the little hole there. Basically, it's a real tiny window, and you've got like five people looking at the window, like here comes the idiots. This is the idiot who drove off without his food. They're all looking at me. So they were just dying at that. So Sunday morning. I decided, you know what sounds good at McDonald's breakfast? I went to the McDonald's drive-thru right there on 36th, and I get my usual number six, sausage McGriddles, you know, little egg. Mm. The, and, the, the McGriddle, uh, you want to talk about something that it is, it's borderline illegal just how good it tastes. Oh, my gosh, when you get the little syrup. Yeah. I mean, the syrup and the McGriddle, it's, mm -hmm. it's my crack in wash, the morning. Wash it down with uh, that hash brown chase. Oh, yeah. my, oh my gosh. Goodness. It's awesome. I yeah. get the number six every time. So, anyway, uh, this is about, I don't know, 7.15 in the morning or something. I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to go get my McDonald's McGriddle this morning. So, I pay the people at McDonald's at the window. And then I go to the next window. I grab my dry, Diet Dr. Pepper and drive straight <laughs> off. And I'm getting home. I'm like, where's the sack? What? I, oh, I didn't wait man. for the food. They just gave me the drink. <laughs> this time, I thought, you know what? They can have their McGriddle. I'm just going to let somebody enjoy it there. You know what? Because they're probably, wait, man, is this guy coming back? Can I have that? You know, I wasn't going to face that humiliation a second time. Yeah, I had something that was not uh, not quite as bad as that, but it, have you ever gone to a restaurant and paid by credit card or debit card, what have you, mm -hmm. and just completely forget to sign the receipt? Because that's what happened to me Friday. So I had uh, dinner with my best friend. 
Uh, he's getting married next month, so we're kind of going through some of the bachelor party plans and stuff like that and finalizing that stuff and some of the stuff with the actual ceremony. And so we're there for a couple hours and uh, there for at least an hour after the tabs brought to us and we pay by both of our credit cards. And it occurs to me as I'm going home is I never signed for uh, that receipt at all. I didn't I didn't give a mm. tip to the waitress. Ooh, I didn't I didn't were, do anything. That's that. the kind of thing where they can go. This guy didn't give a tip or yep. sign the receipt. Put yep. 100 bucks as a tip on yep. there and sign yep. it. So that uh, that was the primal fear that uh, entered my mind yeah. Friday night. So I, I can very much relate to your uh, your story about just being uh, having the forgetful stupidness. Well, here's basically. the deal. I literally told that story, you know, the afternoon before. This was less than 24 <laughs> hours later, and I did it again. You I basically I was, wish it into existence. Uh, I guess you tell stories like I that. came home with the diet Dr Pepper, but I'm like, where's the food? There's no sat. Uh, yep. yep. Oh no, it's still there. Yeah. It's still there. All right, Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, what a place, what a place. Get out there and enjoy five extra entries today for a great promotion, and that is the $80,000 Rocket and Reelin' promotion, the big promotional drawing Friday night, 6 to 11.30, with two grand prize winners just before midnight. You'll have a great chance to win, and even a better chance to win if you play with your wild card today. And get five times the entries for the drawing on Friday. You know what Riverwind's all about. They do it first class. Best restaurants, best bars, best entertainment, best service. They really are simply the best. Get out there today. And you have until tomorrow at midnight to play with your wild card. Get some points in your wild card. Earn five times the entries for the big promotional drawing for the $80,000 Rockin' and Reelin' promotion on Friday night. All right. Straight to your text off the Air Comfort Solutions text line when we get back here on The Ref. We shall return. It's The Plank Show with Chris Plank and Josh Helmer. Weekdays from 9 a.m. till noon on your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. It's time for the Steelman and Thune at noon with Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000 or shoot the guys a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. All right, you got Mike Steely with you. Parker is going to be back on Wednesday, taking a couple days off. Again, he'll be back on Wednesday. We got the Drake, Drake Dyken with us, doing a great job, and we welcome you in here on this Monday. Our second hour brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Engines, oil changes for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost. I love that. That's one of the greatest taglines ever in uh, the automotive industry. How can you look past that? That's an unbelievable deal. I love that because I've blown engines before. I, uh, I told you I'm not a smart man. Way back in my early driving career, I remember the car just shut down on me, just just, just kind of powered down and stopped. Uh, I, I, you know, I went off the side of the road. 
uh, a guy came over and said, it ain't got a drop of oil in it. It's bone dry. And uh, I thought early in my driving career, doesn't the oil just stay in there? (laughs) Where does it go? I know. That's what, like I said, I mean, a NASCAR pit crew chief would be my job in hell, by the way, because I know nothing (laughs) about fixing cars. They would never get out of the pits. That's what I'll have to do for all eternity. I think. Oh, that's a that's a beautiful thought process. Uh, Mike Steely as uh, crew chief for Jeff Gordon back in the day. Oh man. Yeah, I, and look, I know that uh, I must be one of those whiny little soy boys. You oh know? yeah. Because yeah. if you can't, I, I literally, I mean, I was like really young. I thought, well, where where does the oil go? Yeah, this is this is like the point in time to where you, uh, I can like uh, audibly hear. Your uncle chiming in on the radio whenever mm-hmm. you say something stupid yeah. as the uh, don't NASCAR admit it. Chief. Yeah, I've uh, I've starved an engine and I've drowned an engine. Ugh. So they're both. You drowned an engine? Uh, yes. You put too much oil in it? No, no, no. no oh, I, oh, you you sank a car? Is that what I you didn't saying? sink it, but I thought the water <laughs> was you know yay deep and it was way yay deep. <laughs> and next thing I know, it was like the Poseidon adventure. So, again, you know, that happens with some brilliant people out there. I understand that Einstein probably uh, killed a couple of engines back in his day. I'm That's sure, why right? a bike. When right you're there. worried about serious yeah. stuff, like he had the theory of relativity, and I've got this Caleb Williams stuff and all this sports stuff I had going through my brain all the time. How can I be thinking about whether that water is that deep or where the engine oil goes? You know, that's too much to ask of a man, right. in my opinion. All right, uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Let's get there. Uh, One thing we didn't mention as far as uh, Transfer Portal stuff is uh, the – did you see the Chubba Purdy stuff? Yes, we did mention that, actually. Uh, I think you were listening to a clip or something. Chubba Purdy, yes. Yes, yeah. By the way, why uh, – I I thought there was only going to be one Chuba. It's Chuba Hubbard. It's Chubba Purdy. Right. I went on this morning and thought, all right, I got to find out how Florida State's pronouncing this. It's a very minor thing. But, yes, uh, Brock Purdy's younger brother, coming, maybe yeah. coming to Oklahoma. Yeah. Maybe. Again, the Sooners, I guess, have offered, right? Uh, officially offered. He tweeted it out. Right. I, I guess a visit's going to happen mm-hmm. at some point as the uh, scuttlebutt out there. So, yeah, a guy that was a four-star Florida State transfer. So, he got a real pretty mouth. That's right. That's mm. right. I mean, with a name like Chubba, it sounds like he's more so of like the why, Hutt family, like he's a son parents? of Jabba or something. Yeah, so. why parents? Right. I mean, Chuba Hubbard, a uh, really good player for Oklahoma State, playing uh, in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would rather have Jackson Dart. And by the way, if you're just joining us, the news is official. Jackson Dart, really good young player at Southern Cal, has officially entered the transfer portal. I wonder what might be going on there. Everybody seems to think, well, that automatically means that Caleb Williams is going to Southern Cal. And if I had to put money on where he's going to wind up right now, I would see he would be at SC. Yeah. Yes. And Jackson Dart, come compete for the Oklahoma job, right? Yeah. He's absolutely. a really good player. Absolutely. 
I guess a lot of people speculating Michigan's going to be heavily involved in Jackson Dart too. So that that's... yes, hear that as well. So uh, we'll see. Uh, look, he's he's extremely talented. There's no doubt about it. He's got a big arm, and uh, everybody would would love to get in and uh, and have him visit. There's no question. Man, this is. This is absolutely crazy. Do we have the uh, – let's pull up this right before we get to the uh, the text line. I promise we'll do nothing but text the rest of the way. But uh, Nick Saban talking about the NIL because this is what he said the other day. Remember before the season, Nick Saban said that Bryce Young had an eight-figure NIL deal. Now, I think that's a little bit far-fetched. But Bryce Young certainly made some NIL money. Nick Saban in favor of the NIL, but he knows there's some issues with the NIL. You know, name, image, and likeness is a positive thing for, you know, players. They have an opportunity to earn money, which they've always had the opportunity to do. Uh, This gives them an opportunity to do it by using their name, image, and likeness, uh, which I don't think is a bad thing. Uh, I think what is a little concerning is how is that used to get players to decide you know, where they go to school, um, because I don't think that was the intention. Uh, I don't think that would be the NCAA's intention. Uh, I think we probably need some kind of national legislation to um, sort of control that to some degree, um, because I, I think there'll be an imbalance relative to who can dominate college football if that's not regulated in some form or fashion yeah it's crazy right now and what i'm seeing is a lot of pay for play out there come here you'll be paid for this and yes i think nick saban is right on that so uh what do you think air comfort solutions text line 405-651-3439 that's 405-651-3439 want to go there now yeah we got plenty here on the text line uh first uh, when we were talking about how it is that uh, Lincoln Riley handles quarterbacks, the jobs that he's done as far as grooming him. Uh, text here on the Air Comfort Solutions text line says, Tebow did a great job with that five-star quarterback Spencer Rattler laughing emoji. Yeah, look, I, I think Lincoln Riley's a good offensive mind. I think overall he's done a good job of the quarterbacks. But let's face it, I mean – also, uh, Baker Mayfield's story is pretty impressive to go from walk-on at Tech to uh, basically walk on to a scholarship at Oklahoma and win the Heisman Trophy and be the number one overall pick. But Kyler Murray was like the most heavily recruited quarterback in the country. And yeah. yes, it didn't work out at A&M for him uh, in his brief stint there. But I remember Baker saying the year after he left, Oklahoma's going to be fine. They've got the best athlete in the country, you know, playing quarterback. And um, you know, Lincoln is, is obviously part of that. There is no doubt. And once you get that reputation, that's why Caleb Williams came to Oklahoma, even though Brock Vandegrift had been uh, committed to Oklahoma, said, I'll come just play for Lincoln Riley and, and take my chances. Uh, that's why Malachi Nelson was committed to Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley is going to be able to get in on the good quarterbacks. Now, you know, Let's say Caleb Williams goes to SC and SC finishes seven and five, and Caleb is good but not great. Then maybe that reputation starts to change a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah, it's a guilt by association type of thing, right? I mm-hmm. mean, even if you were to say, well, it, even though Lincoln was there, it wasn't because of him. If you had just had somebody that was a competent offense coordinator come in, yeah, those guys would have succeeded. They would have been Heisman Trophy winners, so on and so forth. Fine. But like it or hate it, you're still going to get the benefit of the doubt there that's saying, okay, well, 
you have that many guys that have been up Heisman finalists that win the Heisman Trophy that are the number one overall picks with that guy as offense coordinator. People are going to uh, – deductive reasoning is going to say, okay, common factor here, isn't it Lincoln Riley or is it just that these guys were so super, supremely talented? A little bit of both. Whatever it is, Lincoln Riley's going to get a lot of credit for that. Oh, no doubt. That's his rep, and that's still his rep. So, all right, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line again, 405-651-3439. Won't watch the SEC championship game tonight. It is uh, the who really cares about it championship game. Oh, by the way, Riley sucks. Uh, Mule shoe is he uh, replaced a few letters in there is a joke. Mayfield would have uh, been Mayfield without Riley Bradford and White won Heisman's when Mule shoe was in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. I, like I said, you have to give him some credit. He was the offensive coordinator. There's no doubt. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with this Jackson Dart news coming out. The SC quarterback has officially entered the transfer portal. Uh, how long will it take before we see Caleb Williams, you know, making an announcement to go to Southern Cal? Yeah, well, what would you say? By Wednesday? By the end of the day? What are you thinking? Uh, as far as uh, uh, what my hope is, just for all of this to be over, end of the day. I mean, mm-hmm. let's let's just get this done. Let's get this over with. We don't need this to drag out anymore. We don't need another uh, a full week of speculation on this. I'm sure – uh, some of the other guys on this station would disagree because they love the speculation. They love because it's a layup of a topic to talk about. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's easy. We've been in the it's, layup line for a while here yeah, with all the OU the last, stuff, right? The last two months have just been an absolute gift. Well, and here's the other thing, Drake. Um, you know, I can't remember a player. The only comparison I can make is Marcus Dupree, who left OU, right? That, um, and that held the entire program hostage. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And uh, that was, you know, after Dupree's freshman season was really good. I mean, I, I was watching because uh, the best it never was was on when I was flipping through the channels and it was on yesterday. And, again, I've always talked about Marcus Dupree to me. I don't care who you throw out there, Billy Sims, Joe Washington, Adrian Peterson, whoever. Best potential of any back ever at Oklahoma. Best when you're 6'2", yeah. 235 pounds and run a 4'4", I mean, that's like trying to tackle a locomotive. And, of course, you know, things went sideways after he set the Fiesta Bowl rushing record against Arizona State, but they lost the game. And Barry Switzer came out Basically and said, Basically in know, the first half, right? Yeah. Oh, hell, Marcus been in shape. We'd won that game by two touchdowns, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he had the SI story, and then he leaves the next year after the Texas game. Ken Fairley, his advisor, was not, not you know, shady, very shady guy. Uh, Marcus has been brought back into the Sooner family and considers himself a Sooner. Caleb Williams, though, this is going to be different. Again, this is the one school, if he goes to Southern Cal, that is going to damage his reputation with Oklahoma fans. Uh, Again, I'm not saying it's going to be near to the extent of Muleshoe because Muleshoe, believe me, his legacy at Oklahoma is never going to be a good one. I, you know, he was on with Rich Eisen early in the process. Where he said, "Oh, well, you know, some Oklahoma fans are mad." Or, you, know, you know, what what do you have to say about that? And he's like, "Well, hopefully they'll remember when we win a bunch bunch of football games together. They're they're not going to remember you like that. It's not going to happen." Yeah. Period. The the only direction this goes for Lincoln Riley is even like let's say 
best case scenario, Brent Venables is incredibly successful at OU, wins a mm-hmm. national title or two, mm-hmm. and it just sends this program to different levels that Riley was and, never able to achieve. And and then Lincoln Riley, thanks for thanks for yeah. leaving. The Belly- the wounds will heal more quickly yeah. or uh, quicker and then but the scar there's always going to be a scar yeah you know and this this action of Caleb Williams going out to SC and following him after what it is that Caleb Williams meant for that Texas game mm-hmm. uh, uh, Teddy uh jokes about the ham stealing the football from Kennedy Brooks in the KU game and them uh <laughs> being shut out in the first half and mm-hmm. all that but the hope that was placed on the shoulders of Caleb Williams because of that Texas game starting out the yeah. season nine and zero. Maybe the loud you were there, Drake. Maybe yeah. the loudest ovation of the yeah. year is when they announced yeah. that he was a starter loudest, on the big screen. Loudest ovation I think I've ever heard for a single player outside of maybe Baker Mayfield to open up the seventeen season. Yeah. So the, you know this news hasn't come down yet. But it's certainly all signs are pointing in that direction, particularly with Jackson Darts entering the portal uh, in the last hour. All right, we'll break right here. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. X72 for a great deal on a vehicle from the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Let's turn our attention to the National Football League. And how is the Sooner basketball team not ranked now? They just entered the top 25 today. Ah, I thought I saw the top 25 and they weren't there. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong poll. All right. Well, good. They should be after. Yeah, let's, I've got it. I've got it on my timeline here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Two seconds. Or however long it takes. They're uh, up to 19. Oh, nice. All right. So, uh, AP. Our, that's that's actually. Okay, I'm reading that wrong. That's actually the Andy Katz Power 36. So okay. That, they might not be in the top. I, I thought I saw the AP rankings and they weren't there, which is yeah. ridiculous. All right. We'll get into that when we get back. Stay here on the ref. Feels good. From Norman to Lawton to Clinton to Oklahoma City to Tulsa and beyond. The Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. And when you're away, never miss a second with the Sports Talk 1400 app. Okay, welcome back. Good to have you with us here on a Monday edition. Steel Man and Thune at noon here on the Ref Radio Network. Well past noon. Drake Dykin in for Parker today, who will be back with us on Wednesday. Thanks again, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, sponsoring hour number two here on the program. And hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, all right, so the uh, Sooner basketball team, man, Bijan Cortez, the king of Kingfisher, getting it done. Uh, he was the spark that Oklahoma needed in that game. They were down 11 in the second half. And... Uh, you know, you think about Iowa State was shooting lights out. Oklahoma was shooting the ball pretty well, too, but Iowa State was shooting lights out when you talk about uh, Brockington and Hunter. They were going crazy, but Bijan Cortez came in. The Sooners got a spark. And think about it. You look at the final box score. What did he have? Four points, five assists, a couple steals. But he was the spark in that game, the true freshman from Kingfisher, two-time state champion. Sooners turn it around. Um, 
They got uh, they heated up down the stretch. Didn't miss a shot down the stretch. Oklahoma wins at seventy nine to sixty six. And I'm seeing yeah, the AP poll released today. Oklahoma was twenty sixth in total votes, so they just miss out. Um, anyway, the uh, Sooners now go to uh, Texas tomorrow, seven thirty p.m. That game's a Longhorn Network. Uh, telecast, 7.30 tip time. Texas just lost Oklahoma State over the weekend, 64-51. Good win for the Cowboys. And uh, the Sooners, again, uh, will also play at TCU coming up on Saturday. So a good win for Oklahoma to go to 12-3. and They are so close, so very close to breaking into the top 25. But, again, the story of the game, uh, and I know Mo Gibson had 20, Tanner Groves had 16, Elijah Harkless had 13. I thought Jacob Groves also was a big spark for Oklahoma. The Sooners shot 56% from the field, 47% from three. And again, Hunter and Brockington were knocking down every shot for Iowa State early in the game. So the Sooners beat the number 11 team in the country, and they're faring great against ranked teams this year. So their resume, Oklahoma's resume, looks really good right now i mean you put that on linkedin right now and you're, you're going to get a lot of invites and you want to get invited to the ncaa tournament the sooners are in great shape right now let's hear from porter moser uh you know obviously uh jordan goldwire has been the sooner starter and Bijan cortez has worked his way into a very solid number two option at point guard uh what about Bijan playing more could he be the guy well moser said he going with Bijan was the right call on saturday yeah, it was it was it was going. Bijan was I mean, he was in a great rhythm. I kept on asking him, Bijan, because he was looking exhausted because I didn't want him going one or two minutes too long because that's when you sometimes you get a turnover. And he just kept on saying, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And uh, so I just kind of wrote it. Sometimes as a coach, you just got to feel it. And uh, he was feeling it. And we just kind of went with that that hand. Jordan's a big part of what we do. He's going to be a huge part of what we do. He's I mean, he's a reason, big reason why we are where we are unequivocally. It was just one of those things where Jordan Bijan had it going, and I just I had the feel, just left him in. There you go. Yeah, you were there, Drake. Obviously, as the engineer for the broadcast, uh, what was the atmosphere like at the LNC? I, I mean, it was like it's funny how the fans have just totally taken. Like you, we've talked about a lot, how it is that fans have immediately received Brent Venables and how it's been just unanimous that they love this guy. It's been the same way with Porter Moser. And he's talked about a lot that, and a lot of it is the fans are able to feed directly off of the head coach because he's got so much energy on the sidelines that it's easy for the fans to be able to feed off of that. And there's a couple times and Jenny Bronchek, who's that you talk about a team that has definitely overachieved versus she's what been a great hired expected. She's done this, too, to where she's turned to the crowd and started raising her hands up trying to get the crowd involved. The atmosphere, it wasn't a sellout by any means, but it was electric. for the. And he's said this, Porter Moser has said, the fans that are there, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, can you imagine what this will be like if there's 12,000 people in this arena like it holds the capacity for? So, yeah, it's it's been great as far as the fans that have been there. The students will be back moving forward so it's it, it was awesome on saturday it'll only get better the further we get into conference play and the Bijan cortez stuff man he was fantastic in that second half and it's after he had such a rough first half i mean it 
he was turning the ball over. He was making bad decisions offensively. He was getting beat defensively. And then he completely turns around. It's 180 for the entire OU team, and he was part of that. So, like you said, Brockington couldn't miss. Uh, Hunter couldn't miss. But, man, uh, he was the spark plug down the stretch, without a question. Yeah, Isaiah Brockington and Hunter are really good players. Brockington is the transfer from uh, Penn KU. State, I believe. KU. He was at KU for – okay. He was at KU originally. KU originally, and then yeah. – did he go to, like, St. Bonnie for a year or – and then Penn State? I'm trying to remember his track. Transfer portal is yeah. so difficult to <laughs> – Yeah, well, it Basket- is. Basketball might be the worst sport when it comes to – like, football, obviously, that's where the biggest dollars are, mm. but – uh, basketball is the one that is the one that is the easiest to be able to lose track of guys, mm-hmm. without a question. Without question. Well, and think about it. Iowa State didn't win a league game last year. I think they won what four in the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They won. They won two games total last year. I think is what Toby had said on the broadcast. Maybe that was two games in Big Twelve play. But yeah, uh, not great last year, and they've already had a huge turnaround. Yeah, they've absolutely. Been, that is the most surprising team in college basketball so far this year. They, they've been really good, and I think, again, that uh, the Sooners beat a really good team. I, I don't think Iowa State's overrated at all. I think Oklahoma's so well-coached, so well-drilled. I mean, they, they do a great job getting really good shots. They're going to try and guard you every night. Some nights maybe a little bit better than others, but they're going to show up defensively. No doubt. And Porter Moser, home run higher for the Sooners, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I love he's getting Sooner fans to the basketball games is not an easy chore. We know that. Even going back to the glory days of Billy Tubbs, I can remember sitting there courtside and thinking, man, there should be more people at this game. Now, you had some games, Missouri, Kansas, Bedlam, stuff like that, where the place was rocking. But it's just always been a difficult proposition to get that place rocking and and more difficult now with all the entertainment options that people have but I think Porter Moser's doing a really good job and uh, you know all you have to do is look at what's going on with uh, the two basketball hires Uh, you know we don't know what Brent's going to be as a head coach but I'm feeling pretty good about it I'm feeling pretty good about it and he has put together a big time staff and don't forget we should get the news on Jay Valai the uh, the corners coach after the national championship game tonight, right? He's at Alabama. He's got a national championship game tonight. And then you should get news that he's coming to Oklahoma, and that would round out the staff. Yeah. And I believe Todd Bates made it uh, Twitter official yeah. over the weekend, yeah. too, that he was leaving Clemson. So, yeah. Yeah, I like the fact, too, that, um, you know, and, and I don't want to sit here and, and make it sound like Oklahoma wasn't doing what they needed to do in in recruiting because clearly they they still recruited very well. But going to the SEC, and uh, it looks like they have overhauled a lot of the way they're – not the way they're going to go about recruiting, but uh, they're putting more money, they're putting more uh, resources into that in terms of manpower and everything else, and it looks like there's an upgrade happening there. They've always had, in my opinion, the Sooners have had – if not the best, I haven't seen one better than Oklahoma in terms of the way they've, you know, with all the videos on signing day and everything, they have hit it out of the park. And I think they'll continue to do that. But you also need more manpower. 
Um, and they just needed to step it up a little bit in that department. I, I think that's something that Brent Venables probably fought for and talked about in his interview, and uh, they're, they're getting the resources they need. So it's a good situation going on at OU right now. All right, we'll break right here. I'm in the Brown O'Haver Studios, our second hour, presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Pulse Valley. We will head back to the text line. What will your take be on Caleb Williams as a Sooner in Sooner lore if he makes the decision to go to Southern Cal? And again, with Jackson Dart now in the portal, happening within the last 90 minutes, that looks like a pretty good sign that there's another QB coming to USC. We'll talk about that, head of the text, when we get back. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Okay, we're back. Good to have you with us here on this Monday edition. Steelman and Thune at noon here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Ref Radio Network. Drake Dykin in for Parker, who will be back on Wednesday. Is Wolfmother still out there? They had uh, they had that. They had Joker and the Thief. Have they done anything since? Yeah, and that was off of their uh, self-titled album. Uh, they've, they've had a recent uh, album release that they had done, so... Yeah, that uh, that little three-piece band out of Australia. They're still putting out music. I, I think that they actually put out a remix of uh, Joker and the Thief uh, a couple of years ago, too. So as far as I know, they're still out there. Yeah. I, I got this uh, via text. Uh, our man Driver, who's uh, in the uh, Radio Listeners Hall of Fame here in the state of Oklahoma, we will get the taps drop of Let Him Go From Us Forever, Let Him Begin the Walk of Shame when uh, Caleb Williams makes his announcement. You know, here's the deal. I looked everywhere because I remember putting that together for Al Eshback, and it became an Eshback classic for years and years and years. Let him begin the walk of shame. And you get... It's kind of the the shame now is from Game of Thrones with Cersei, of course. But I looked... You cannot find that on YouTube, and you can find everything off YouTube. And I can remember when I put that together for Al way back in the 80s, I did that straight from DVR to... I think it was actually VHS to cassettes. That's how old school I am right there. But yes... All right, uh, so anyway, let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. What do we have? Uh, first one here on the text line says, the press loves USC. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's something that we pretty well have known for quite some time, is that uh, USC is the uh, power that is going to bounce back this year. That's kind of been the trope the last – well, basically since SC was last uh, national power, right? Well, and you think about, um, you know, the media out there, though. It's it's interesting because USC, unless they are going a full bore, Matt Leinert, Reggie Bush, Lindell uh, White, uh, Steve Smith, Dwayne Jarrett, that team yeah. to beat Oklahoma. Rucker, yeah, all you those know. guys. Unless they're going crazy. Uh, and even in those situations, you're never going to be bigger than the Lakers. The Rams are big. 
uh, you know, and, and professional hockey out there, the Dodgers, obviously, and the Angels. I mean, there are so many things going on in L.A. that I don't know. I Personally, I hope that, uh, you know, not to, not to uh, you know, wish him badly, but I wish Lincoln Riley the worst luck in the history of college football. Period. <laughs> Period. Uh, next up, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let Muleshoe Jr. go quarterback out west. <laughs> Time to move on. It's about the Benjamins. Oh, man. Uh, well, we'll see. And, look, this is just so weird because I, I've never seen a situation where you have a player – who is absolutely, during the season, again, worshipped by the fan base, was, you know, cheered for by the student section during the West Virginia game to come in to replace the preseason Heisman favorite who comes in and engineers the biggest comeback victory in the history of the Red River rivalry. When Oklahoma was, you know, on on the ropes with a standing eight count, he came back and delivered. And getting the loudest ovation of the year when they put him and announced him as the starting quarterback, you know, uh, when he got his shot. And that player, again, absolute adulation from the entire Sooner fan base, even when, you know, there were some struggles. And we knew down the stretch that Caleb Williams was going to struggle a little bit as a freshman when he went up against Dave Aranda, when he went up against that great Oklahoma State defense as well. Um you know, I think that Mule Shoe having one foot out the door uh, also probably affected uh, the Kansas game as well. Definitely affected the Baylor game, in my opinion, to a certain extent, uh, and maybe Bedlam. But it, it was just, uh, it was just, it, you just don't see that happen. I mean, when you're starting and you can be the preseason Heisman favorite or one of them, Bryce Young obviously has got a chance to be Archie Griffin and win back to back, but. Normally, it's a guy who leaves when he's not playing. And, you know, the fan base doesn't really care. That's not the case here. I guess that's modern-day college football, though. And the fact that Mule Shoe, again, uh, recruited him. I get that angle. But you know what we were hearing early on, Drake, from some of the uh, the experts out there? Oh, Lincoln Riley left him. USC's not going to be a factor. I don't think we truly know the answer yet, but it's a pretty good sign when Jackson darts, uh, who's very talented and had a good, solid year for USC. That team wasn't up to USC standards, but he's he's got a really bright future. And when he's in the portal, that looks to be a pretty good sign. Yeah. Uh, next up, Air Comfort Solutions text line. I just hope the Williams kid picks a landing spot soon. So we can finally stop talking about him. Hashtag, can we move on already? Yeah, I know a lot of Sooner fans feel that way. And, the, you know, I wasn't going to talk about it a ton today, a little bit today, just on based on what I'd heard. And then we got the Jackson Dart news, and that kind of changed everything. But uh, I understand. Yeah, you're, you're at the point. And I think there are a lot of Oklahoma fans right now that are at the point like, all right, just get this over with already, you know. If you are, let's say, particularly, you know how heartbreaking a breakup was when you were growing up, like in high school or anything like that, and when you know that your girl's about to break up with you, but she's like, I still need time to think, or whatever, you're like, just do it already. Cut me off, all right, so I can move on. Let it be a quick, painless death. 
Let's 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 end this drawing drawn out bleeding out that we're doing right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, let's see. Colin Cowherd has had a well, uh, not really going to say that. Uh, ever since Lincoln Riley became SC head coach, no telling what uh, he will do if they also get Caleb. Oh, and they're going to get Mario Williams too. Let's not forget that, right? Mm-hmm. If Caleb goes, Mario's going his way. And I was looking at uh, Max Olson's, um, you know, uh, story on the Athletic where they ranked the top, uh, you know, prospects in the transfer portal. And the Sooners have number one with Caleb Williams and number five with Mario Williams. Mm. By the way, Jackson Dart of USC is number three. Went up to number three on that list. Wow, wow. So there you go. Uh, where did they have uh, Gabriel on that list? Uh, let me check while you're looking for another yeah. text. Let yeah, me no, check and I'll find out. Uh, Steely, I grew up and lived in Cordell all my life. Just curious, uh, who your friends are, James from Cordell. I'm not sure if you want to, I will just let not. you know their names are Kathy and Kelly. There we go. Uh, I enjoyed football a lot more without the NIL and transfer portal. Uh, more people informing us about uh, Jackson Dart on the text line. Um, and let's close it with this one on the text line, for, at least for this segment. Quote, unquote, nobody is bigger than the this program, unquote, Bob Stoops. No, I, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, I, I think the fact that Brent Venables is here, they put together a good staff. I'm looking for Gabriel. I can't find it. I thought at one point he was ranked number 11, I believe, maybe on the list. But I, I'm still scrolling. And these are the ones that are out there right now that haven't yep. committed uh, to anybody else. So, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Casey Thompson was number 10. And uh, I'm not seeing Gabriel. So, But he's got to be – he was rated pretty highly. I know a lot of people – uh, thought he was, uh, you know, the second best quarterback at, in the transfer yeah, portal. Yeah, whatever Caleb Williams entered. So no doubt. And uh, once again, I, I think that um, you know it looks like it's only a matter of time, but we'll see. But uh, Oklahoma is going to be in good shape uh, with Brent Venables and that coaching staff. I'm not telling you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you. Yeah, well, you know, Dylan Gabriel's everything that Caleb Williams is because I at, at this point I don't think he is, but I think he's a really good option. And who knows. Uh, the Sooners, again, are not done in the portal yet. I was kind of hoping that Casey Thompson would come and uh, compete for the Oklahoma job, but obviously he made the decision for Nebraska. Um, I think it was Friday afternoon. Okay, got a break right here. Once again, uh, Air Comfort Solutions, tax line 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. We will talk a little NFL and make our picks for the national championship game tonight. We'll do that coming up next. Here on the ref. Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas are just what you need on your drive home. It's the rush weekday afternoons from 2 to 6 on your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, is the Super Bowl a bucket list item for you? If it is, and you're thinking, man, there's no way I could afford to go to the Super Bowl. Way too much money. You'd have to get some owner financing on that. Well, Riverwind Casino continue there. Take part in their Super Points and Super Plays promotional giveaway. It's a Super Bowl giveaway. 
Now until January 29th, the top wildcard members who earn the most points on specified gaming capital group machines will win Super Bowl trip prizes, including airfare, hotel stay, grand transportation, and two tickets to the 2022 Super Bowl in L.A., valued at $23,000, plus $1,000 in cash. That is a heck of a deal. It is the Super Points and Super Plays promotion happening Right now, through uh, January 29th at Riverwind, go find the Gaming Capital Group machines. They'll point you in the right direction. Get as many points as you can on those machines, and you have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. All right, speaking of the National Football League, we've got a super wild card weekend coming up. By the way, how about uh, the Chargers? (laughs) Oh, man, the Raiders make it through. Congratulations, Chris Plank. Uh, Playing at the Bengals in the first game out of the shoot on Saturday at 3.30 on NBC. But Indianapolis, man, it's like uh, the whole thing's a mystery wrapped in an enigma. I, I can't explain. So I'm a Colts fan. Just in the, the, and the, They lost to Jacksonville again in yes, Jacksonville. Se- yes. Is that seven in a row? Yes. It's like uh, the mystery of the Skinwalker Ranch. I have another friend that basically, he's a Colts fan. He said that this this has to be... Indies, Ames, Iowa. In it must be. Just, yeah, just going there, just not playing. And, well. I mean, Toby's a huge Colts fan too, obviously, yeah. and I remember him talking about it early in the week. You know, we just don't win in Jacksonville. I'm like, don't worry about it, Terry. You, yeah. you got it this Worst week. You got league, it this week. Not a problem. Uh, this was a team. Uh, Rich Eisen put it best two weeks ago. This was a team nobody wanted to see in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody wanted to play against. And now they go from that to being a team that nobody will see in the playoffs. So. All right, so Saturday we have the Raiders of the Bengals, 3.30 on MDC. And uh, think about that. Cincinnati beat the Raiders back in week 11. Uh, so um, Cincinnati, man, Zach Taylor, Norman's very own, got to be the NFL coach of the year in my opinion. Uh, that is a 5-4 matchup. Then a Saturday night in Buffalo, where hopefully we'll have a nice uh, snowfall. Uh, the Patriots and the Bills, 7-15 on CBS. They split their two regular season meetings in the AFC East. On Sunday, a triple header, the Eagles at Tampa Bay, noon on Fox. The Bucks beat Philadelphia by 6 in Week 6. Uh, since then, the Eagles went 7-4, and four, and Jalen Hurts and company obviously being in the playoffs. It's a great deal for Jalen Hurts, but he gets to face the Brady Bunch in Tampa. You've got the Niners and the Dallas Cowboys, 3-30 on CBS Sunday. First playoff meeting since 1995 in the 94 season, but it was in 1995. And that was a 38-28 San Francisco victory. And that was the game where Barry Switzer lost it. Remember on the sidelines, he thought there should have been pass interference called. uh, The Niners, you know, were all over Michael Irvin. And Switzer actually got flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct. Uh, I can still remember hearing John Martin. Barry Switzer's really mad. You know, he was... And Switzer is over there fuming. The Cowboys lost that day to the Niners. And, man, that used to be – they used to be in the playoffs all the time. And remember, even the regular season deal when T.O. went on the star and George Teague went and tackled him. I mean, that was a rivalry back in the day. Hard to believe it's been uh, 27 years. That's crazy. And then Sunday night, we had the Steelers in Kansas City on NBC. Kansas City won handily a couple weeks ago against the Steelers. Big Ben got a reprieve. The Steelers are in the playoffs. I love Mike Tomlin's celebration. And uh, the Steelers in as the seventh seed playing at second seed at Kansas City at Arrowhead on Sunday night. And then we have a Monday night wild card game. I kind of like that. Kyler and the Cardinals, the five seed playing at the Rams. Uh, Monday night football matchup on wild card weekend, 715 
that will be on ABC. And uh, they split two games during the uh, regular season, obviously, in the same division. And both teams won on the other's home field. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So which game excites you the most among the the six wildcard matchups? Uh, it's probably that Cowboys Niners uh, game, and it's it's the reasons that you mentioned the nostalgia that's there yeah. of me being a kid and watching those two teams duke it out, uh, especially in the '90s for me. Obviously, they played uh, going much further back into the uh, '80s as well. But yeah, I mean. Uh, that's the game that's going to grab my eye just because of those two helmets, uh, uh, locking heads and everything. Yeah, that's the game that I'm going to be. Uh, obviously, Kyler's great uh, television as well. I'll be watching the Cardinals, but um, the one that immediately grabs my attention is just on a name basis alone is Niners Cowboys. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that one's going to be a lot of fun. And I can remember, remember when the 49ers beat Dallas and the Cowboys went out and got Deion Sanders and uh, ended up winning the Super Bowl. Barry Switzer wins the Super Bowl. Jimmy obviously won uh, won a couple. And uh, those, you know, it it was almost like they were the uh, Bama and uh, Clemson of, of that era. And Clemson obviously is not in the playoff this year. But it felt like it was it was always going to be that matchup, and you knew it was going to be that way. It seemed like every year in the NFC. By the way, it was Monday Bloody Monday instead of Sunday Bloody Sunday in the NFL for the head coaches. Brian Flores out in Miami. Uh, you know, there's been talk about Jim Harbaugh there, or maybe somewhere else. Jim Harbaugh's trying to uh, you know shoot that down already. We'll see. Uh, Matt Nagy is out at Chicago. You also had uh, Vic Fangio fired by Denver. And uh, who am I uh, forgetting? Who else got fired? Oh, Mike Zimmer got fired, too. So that's what's been going on here on this Monday in the NFL. So anyway, yeah, I would go uh, San Francisco, Dallas, number one. I would go with the Rams and the Cardinals, two. Raiders at Cincinnati is three for me. I want to see how Zach Taylor and the Bengals do in uh, hosting a playoff game. The first game, Saturday at 3.30. Then I'll go New England-Buffalo, Philly at Tampa Bay, and then the Steelers at Kansas City. But uh, should be fun. Triple header uh, Sunday looks pretty good, too. All right, we are out of time. Are you on with uh, – Tyler uh, coming up? I think so. I think so. Who, before we go, national championship. Uh, I'm going Bama 27-21. Bama wins, and I'm taking the under as well. Should be fun. Hopefully it'll be fun. Let's please at least have a game that goes down to the fourth quarter. All right, everybody, have a great Monday, and we will see you tomorrow, same time, right here on The Ref. You live it. We live it. You need it. We got it. Nobody covers college football better. The Rush. Right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network.